Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Mantle. And as always, I'll be joined by former England fast bowler Steve Harmison for another busy show. We'll look back at England's easy 3-0 win over Sri Lanka in the T20 series and look ahead what's to come in the ODIs. And we'll enjoy this bit. We'll wax lyrical about New Zealand after they won the inaugural Test Championship. And we'll also hear from Owen Morgan, David Milan, Sam Billings and Tim Southey. Plenty to discuss over the next hour. This is the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Well, Harmi, let's begin with the T20 series. I mean, it was um, it was embarrassing, really, in some ways. I think many ways for from Sri Lanka's point of view. Um, bad on the field. And <laughs> now it turns out bad off it as well. Three yeah. players broken their uh, in the team hotel and been sent home. Yeah, just I know Durham's a lovely place and the sunshine at this minute in time, but when you come on a tour now, you, you you're stuck. Unfortunately, you're stuck in hotels, and could it get any worse for Sri Lanka? You know, there, there were a bit, bit of a shambles before the series, complete shambles with the bat and you know, more with the bat than the ball during the series, and now a couple of their experienced players, their vice captain, one of their best players in Dick Well, decided that they're going to go for a fag outside and. And uh, and sample the, the the sort of the, the cobbled streets of Durham. It just doesn't. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're Mickey Arthur and you're Tom Moody, you're going. What is going on here? What is going on? The last thing we need is to have some in, ill discipline when we're trying to prove to you that we're trying to fight for your contracts and trying to fight that Lankan cricket is going forward. And you know, they've, they've badly let themselves down, unfortunately. I mean, it, I greatly sympathize. With, um, sportsmen who are used to having a bit of freedom and it's it's hard and we all know by now lots of people who've had to do a quarantine stint and had to be in there I was talking to a friend the other day who uh, emigrated to Australia and you know he he couldn't leave his room for 14 days 
Um, but as you say, you know, if, 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 he, if it was three elite athletes who said, I just couldn't take another, I just had to get some fresh air. But as you said, they popped out for a fag and they, it was quite late at night. Anyway, um, yeah, very, very disappointing, as I said, on the field. Mickey Arthur was actually talked to us, but uh, obviously he's got disciplinary things to, to sort out now. So he sends his apologies. But I did talk to him a lot about the difficulties of rebuilding. He's made some tough decisions. He's uh, cleaned out some some big names. He has, yeah, and there's, there's one or two promising promising young players. The, the the bowling department, so it had a little bit of spice in it more than what the the, the batting department. It looked it looked rather cold down at uh, at Cardiff, and it wasn't the greatest of summer summer's evenings um, compared to where you've been in in Sri Lanka. So. I, I, and look, you've got to remember, England playing England. The England are an unbelievable side. You know, Mark Wood's bowling. I think he bowled about 24 balls in excess of 93 mile an hour. This is ridiculous, some of the stuff he was he was sending down. You know, she looked as though he was in, in, a, in a bit of touch. I, I just think you know, I just think England are a, a class above a team who are possibly trying to rebuild. Are they looking further and beyond this world T20 um, the, you got England with with fire in their belly and a lot of players, and it's no mean feat. I know Owen Morgan's mentioned more players now. There's about 24 players to get into 15 who are who are performing, who are sitting in the coach and the selection panel. I want to be one of them 15 names getting on that plane. So you you've got to look in context to where uh, Sri Lanka's cricket is at the moment against an unbelievable England side. That's true. Uh, last week, we were concerned that Owen Morgan might stick to his favourite uh, 11 and, and not rotate and not give uh, some cricket to some of the, the other squad members. Well, um, he, he did, of course. We saw Sam Billings, which was, uh, which was great. Mo and Ali got a game after being on the bench for about 10 consecutive games, although he batted at six and bowled five balls. But um, Morgan did say that he was pleased, actually, that he uh, was forced to experiment. The more curveballs that we can be thrown, the better. I mean, it's it's not great that guys are are injured and that then present opportunity for others. But in a way, it 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 has a, a real strong backbone if you have replacements for guys who are either injured or being rotated or rested. And for us, <clears throat> for the last four years, that that has worked. You know, there's been instances where I've left myself out, and it's been a method that has worked really well. Um, guys are on board in the change room. They know that there's limited opportunity to stake their claim, so hopefully they can present their best case when possible. England captain uh, Owen Morgan. Um, you and I, Harmi, are amongst many cricket fans to have discussed uh, the inclusion of, of David Milan in the top order. Um, you know, what? No, no matter what the poor chap does, he, because there is he's so much competition for places, he, um, he, he finds himself more often than not the subject of, of discussion. And... He admitted after returning to form um, that that he is aware of the criticism and it does hurt. It sort of gets to anyone, no matter who you are. Um, I think the one thing that this England white ball team has been so good at is is they don't listen to the noise. They don't allow the noise to come in. Um, Owen and Chris Silwood are fantastic at, as soon as there's any sort of criticism, just you know backing you as a player, because ultimately they're the ones that make the decision, not the people that uh, criticise. You know, even though you know you're 100% back, it does sort of hurt you sometimes, especially if you feel like it's it might not be fair at the time. But you know, ultimately, our, our job is to score runs, and if you don't score runs, you're going to get criticism. It's as, it's as simple as that. Yeah, and it's 
it's one of them ones where he doesn't seem to be fashionable, does he? He's not the fashionable, you know, Stokes going for millions of dollars in Butler and Bearstow with all the, the, the sort of stuff that comes with them. He seems just to go about his business nice and comfortable under the radar. And he's ranked the best player in the world because of, of, of performance on the pitch. The one interesting thing he did say after the game, uh, the end of the series, he said he was an opening batsman. And I thought, ooh, that's a little bit of a shot across the bow here. He said, I'm a, a natural opening batsman. So is he putting his case forward to say, well, we want Stokes to go in first. We want Butler to go in first. We want Bearstoke to go in first. Roy's only going to go in first. And Milan's trying to say to Morgan, well, I want to bat at number one and number two in, as well. So, look, he's, he's a fantastic player and he keeps proving any – it's not so much the criticism of his ability. It's, it's where he fits in for me. Um, in that order of of top six, but I think he's proved now he needs to be in that. We England need him in that top six because he's so valuable to us. I think England need to uh, rethink the use of the word rest. You yeah. know, we we've spoken about Chris Wokes having six months with the squad and not playing in any cricket. He then plays one T Twenty international and is rested for for the for the next one. I, I mean, you know that I, there's. Injury prevention, isn't there? I mean, if you have got a hectic series of uh, matches coming up, then then uh, you may not feel you need a rest, but it may be that the experts tell you it's prudent because uh, you want to avoid injury. But being rested after bowling four overs. Yeah, it just doesn't, a lot of the stuff is that doesn't make sense. I know the COVID world and we are cooped up in hotels and stuff like that, but you're going to rest somebody. Don't pick them for me. Don't pick them. Give them time to rest. Give them time with their families away from the intense environment, away from the media scrutiny of everything that goes with it. If you're going to pick a, a squad for, for 15 players for three matches, that squad is bang, big player. They're best players play or we, we will rotate and give people a chance of a game. We're not resting them. We're giving people a chance so we can see how good these guys are in a pressure environment, a pressure situation against its side. Like Sri Lanka, who aren't as as going to be as challenging as potentially Pakistan down the line and then the World T20. But if you're going to rest somebody, then you don't pick them and leave them at home because that was the worst thing in the world for me. If I wasn't playing, I'm still going through the warm-up. I'm still going through bowling in the nets. I'm still in the team hotel. The only thing I'm not doing is just running and bowling. I'm, I'm sitting with a high vis on. I'm actually at the game watching the game. I, I feel as though I should be playing it. That, for me, was more demoralising than actually you know, the way if my body was carrying a little injury. And no COVID, you can't get out of the hotel and you can't leave the bubble. But I, there must be some way of not picking these guys if you want to give them a rest. If you want to give them a rest, just don't get them in the bubble. Don't get them around and give them a chance to get their mind fresh and free for when you do need them so they can come in and hit the ground running. Just quickly and finally in this section, um, it was good, I thought, to hear Morgan saying that after Josh Butler's injury, that actually the red ball cricket is his priority now for the rest of the summer. Um, you know, we've uh, obviously Morgan is focused on on the white ball stuff and the T20 World Cup coming up. Um, we got the impression that um, that Morgan felt that the T20 series in India was more important than the Test series. Mm. Um, but now he's said no. Yeah, the test series against India is Joss Butler's priority. It was good to hear. It was good to hear, but I'm going to be intrigued to see how they go about this because you've got 
two four-year games, two Bob Willis Trophy games around the corner. And will the players be looking to play in that, the one, the test match players? You know, the Crawleys, you know, all these test match players, will there be, Will you be looking at this one-day series and removing players who are going to be playing in the first two test matches, three test matches against India and giving them a chance to get some red ball cricket under their belt in the last two rounds of the Bob Willis Trophy. That's something I'd be very, very intrigued to see when it comes in what is maybe in another 10 years' time. Time now to look ahead to uh, England's three-match ODI series with Sri Lanka, which uh, gets underway on Tuesday. I mentioned uh, at the end of the last section that uh, it is part of the World Cup Super League, so it's qualification for the World Cup. That's not an issue for England, <laughs> mm. I hope. But for Sri Lanka, it could be. I mean, uh, you know, if they play as poorly as they did in the T20 series, they, they could be struggling for points. And it's only the top eight um, in that Super League out of 13 teams that uh, qualify automatically. So that's uh, uh, enough of a, an incentive for them. But um, there was a COVID scare in the team hotel amongst official, the officials' army. Match referee uh, tested positive and uh, obviously all the other match officials were deemed to be uh, close contacts. So um, a complete change of the uh, of the officials. They've all had to go into managed isolation for 10 days. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it just shows you that with a lot, of, a lot of stuff outside and politics and everything that goes with it. When we talk about experts and having COVID and wanting masks and everything removed and all that stuff that nobody really knows a great deal about just shows that even inside bubbles, the can, a COVID can get in um, and you've got to be really, really careful. And, you know, we hope that everybody's all right. Um, but it was an interesting, I bet it was an interesting few phone calls to get a new set of officials from all around the, you know, the British Isles to get them to, uh, especially up to Durham for what will be, what will be the first ODI. Okay. Um, Josh Butler was replaced in the ODI team by David Milan. Um, and he revealed a couple of days ago that uh, he also has ambitions to play test match cricket for England. It's not something I'm thinking about. I've, I've been asked a, a lot about it. Um, look, I've been publicly saying I'd, I'd love to play all three formats of cricket for England. Um, whether I'm good enough is, you know, is, is not for me to make the decision. That's for the, for the, the guys that matter. But, you know, if I got that call, I'd, I'd love to play test cricket again for England. If it is in Australia with a, a, a kookaburra ball that does slightly less, I'd, I'd, I'd take that as well. But uh, yeah, look, it's you, you know I I'd, I'd always want to play all three mat formats of cricket for my for, for my country, you know whether I'm good enough or not. It's a different story. That was uh, David Milan, who well, wants to be a multi-format uh, cricketer. So how will England approach the series? As I as I said, I, I mean for Sri Lanka, it's really important that they win at least one game, because uh, you know every game is worth ten points, and uh, as I said, they could be struggling, but they could be struggling to, to qualify automatically for the World Cup. But for England, they can, if they want, have the luxury of uh, a little bit more experimentation and uh, and use a few fringe players? Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't think Roy's going to play in the first ODI, which gives Milan a chance. Milan will probably have to go in first, I would imagine. You know, Probably Milan and Besto. Then you've got, Roy, uh, you've got Root, Morgan, Livingston, Billings. I would say it would be your top six. Billings has done really well in in, in what uh, ODI cricket recently for 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 England. I'd like to see Livingston have a game in the longer format of the white ball game because just to see 
how he builds an innings, how he goes through the gears when he if he if he is in inside the first 20 overs, and then he has to sort of rebuild do a rebuilding job. For Sri Lanka, yeah, I think winning a winning a, a game in this country would be would be fantastic experience um, and a good thing for them to to challenge themselves. But I would I would imagine Mickey Arthur and, and Tom Moody, the director of cricket, will be looking at their home series to get enough points on the board to be in that top eight um, and make sure they do qualify for the World Cup. This is an added bonus if they manage to win one of the games. It'll be tough at Durham. Durham will be a, it'll be a good pitch, big boundaries, huge big boundaries. And batting hasn't been great for, for Schwanker, so that'll be a challenge and a test. And uh, they'll go to the Oval, the second game, which will be an absolute belter. It always is at the Oval for the for the white ball white ball game. So it'll be hard for Schwanker, I think, to win a game. Um, England look as good in 50 over cricket than they do in, in 20 over cricket, and that's quite ominous for for Sri Lanka. But I expect Milan to go in first. The bowling, you probably will see England tinker and change. I'd love to see Garton get a game. I really would, just to see what he's like. I know David Williams will be trying his hardest to get back into the side, the 50-over side, which he cruelly missed out the World Cup uh, on on selection. I'm sure David Williams will want to have a go, but I'd like to see give Garton a go. Just, just be, If you're going to pick him, give him a game. And this is the ideal opportunity to give him a game in, even if it's a second game or a third game. Owen Morgan's talked about putting players under pressure. Well, let's see what the young man's got in front of a small crowd in England because obviously we're not we're not back up to full capacity. But with the cameras on, with the lights on, with everything that goes with it, the razzmatazz of being in a 50-over game, I'd like to see Garton get a game because you've picked him. So uh, that would be that would be good for me. And yeah, you look at the, the Chris Wokes is back, Mark Wood, Sam Curran. I, I think England are very, very strong. I would expect them to win 3-0 and 3-0 comfortably. In a moment, I'm going to talk about Chris Silverwood having a rest. It's a subject that I feel pretty strongly about um but but before we get there um let's talk uh, well let's hear from sam billings he's another one of those players who's spent a lot of time in the england bubble without playing very much cricket and of course uh, he misses out on uh, on 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 playing county cricket as well so uh, he ends up um, so sitting around um waiting for an opportunity which uh, which more often than not, doesn't come. And he admitted a couple of days ago that it was deflating. For sure, at times it, it has been deflating, I'll be honest, uh, not playing any cricket and um, kind of missing out on all fronts, really. Um, the IPL, I think you go into that with a very open mind in that the squads are so um, star-studded that you're not going to play every game. So, it, unfortunately, I was very, very close to playing a game of cricket over there and then it obviously got called off. So, um, it was at the end of the day, it's just things out of your control that unfortunately have led to a very small amount of cricket for me. But it was great to be around the test squad. I really enjoyed that. And and for me anyway, it was it was kind of that carrot carrot got dangled a little bit closer and and really has kind of motivated me to get stuck into to that format of the game as well. And um I definitely believe my game can kind of kick on in in that respect as well. So um it's kind of been a close shave on all formats at the moment and it was just nice to be back out there playing last night it's, it's a lot better than running the drinks Sam Billings admitting that it's deflating but uh, the, when the call to arms comes Harmy he says he'll be there and nothing will change no regrets for him no he's, 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 a, he's a, he seems a great kid as young Sam Billings and you see a young he's, he's getting you know he's getting older with less experience because he's not playing and that's cruel it's hard on him but 
he seems to have this this good nature and this good manner that he's the, the ultimate team guy around a lot of people. When England won the World Cup, he was in the dressing room afterwards. He wasn't in the squad and he was invited in because he had done he had done lots of good things getting for England to get to, to the final. And that tells you everything about what probably Sam Burns brings to that dressing room. He is a very, very talented young, uh, young player. Somebody who I think if he had come along five years earlier or maybe five years later, he would play a lot of one-day national springmen. But the people that he's trying to get in, in front of is very, very difficult. And the one thing he has done, when he's come into the England side, he hasn't let England down. He's played very, very well. He had a very, very good summer last year um, and he deserves his place in the middle order of this team. So, fingers crossed, he will get a game first and foremost and do a job because when you've got characters like that, they're the ones you want to see do well. The ones that put other people first, the ones that are happy to be there and challenge without rocking too many boats. Um, you want to see them do well when it is their time to shine. And I think this is a big, big series for Sam Billings because he's going to get three games, batting at number five and number six against a team who he, he probably should dominate against. Um, and let's see how the boy goes. And finally, we've spoken for years and years, decades now, about um, different format cricketers. And, um, and I have thought, because England particularly play more cricket than anybody else, they should revisit the, the uh, multi-four or, or different format coaches. And, and I know that, you know, the experiment with Andy Flower and Ashley Giles ended badly, but there must be a way, surely. I mean, you know, I, I do feel for Chris Silverwood and I just don't think that you can be at your best and at your most effective when you're working the kind of um, 10, 11 months of the year that, that he is. So he's having a short break now. He's having this ODI series off and Graham Thorpe will, will take over. Um, and I know that there are difficulties and I, you know, the, between like having somebody trying to coach the test team and the overlap. And I know that it's difficult with the ODI team having a different coach, but I just, I, I don't know. Do you think it, should, it could be revisited on a, on a longer term basis? I think it could be re revisited. I think, it depends on the characters that are in there, but it also depends on the characters of the players as well. It's a, it's hard when you if you've got sort of two different captains, two different coaches, they all want their you know, their own way basically because we are in an egotistical driven you know, environment. And the ones that aren't playing are the ones that are the challenge. If you can if you can manage to keep the ones that aren't playing happy and get enough cricket inside them then I think you can marry the two together if you've got two different coaches. The problem you've got is if you've got some disgruntled players when things aren't going very well, like possibly happened during that 2015 World Cup, where they'll go with one coach and they'll side with another coach and there'll be a lot of in-house backstabbing, backbiting, you know, poisonous environment, which you don't want to have. So for me, I think it can work. I think it can work for the simple fact is one man is key in this whole environment at this minute in time. And it could be the best, best time to do it. And that's Owen Morgan. Owen Morgan runs that ship. And who are we to argue? He's a, a brilliant leader, fantastic captain, won the World Cup. And I think if he is in tune with everything that goes around, I think Chris Silverwood could have a lot of time off during one-day series. Put Paul Collingwood in charge of the one-day side. I was very surprised it wasn't Collingwood as opposed to Thorpe. I thought Collingwood would have been the would have been the obvious choice of, of a one day of one day coach, and then you've got Silverwood, who is now head selector, top man, 
oversees everything that the, the, the world the, the game is from from the world point of view and going forward. I think that could work. And if you had Collingwood and Morgan who get on really really well running the one day side, and you've got Silverwood running the test team as well as overseeing the one day side, but not actually being there all the time. That for me could get Chris Silverwood out there to see some county cricket, to see some people who he's potentially going to pick in two or three years' time and really have a look at these characters and know that the, the one day side, the white ball side, is in great hands because of Collingwood at the top. Morgan runs the show anyway. I think it could work, but I think it's a lot down to the individuals in the environment, making sure they, are, they all get on, they all have enough game time because if you don't have game time, then you have some disgruntled players and then splits in the camp come. Things don't work and it, it becomes a nightmare. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe and Steve Harmison. And next up, we'll discuss New Zealand winning the inaugural World Test Championship. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Yeah, I mean, that was, it's pretty hard to top. This is definitely the ultimate for me to win a test, well, I guess, championship final. Although it is the first one, and it's probably hard to, to compare with others, it's um, it's definitely the pinnacle of the game for me. Still sort of sinking in a little bit, you know, the reality of what we've achieved over the last few years, but no, certainly a very, very, very happy group here at the moment. Probably the, yeah, the most special moment of, of my career so far. To get the job done. 
yeah, it's, it was pretty cool. Oh, I've cried. I've cried a few times, uh, probably every day since the win. It's still hard to put into words, to be fair. Um, it still feels unreal. To stand there and receive the medal and, and be crowned uh, champions, it's, it's, it's pretty special. The voices of BJ Watling, who played his 75th and final test match, Neil Wagner, Tim Southey, and the bowling coach, Shane Jurgensen, there after New Zealand became the first world test champions after beating India on the sixth day. This is the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. If you missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can listen back to the podcast, which is now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Harmi, you and I both picked New Zealand um, before <laughs> before the, the the World Test Championship final. Certainly, the weather gods helped them. Um, I, I mean, I think India it, on an, a nice, dry, sunny week. Uh, India's two spinners would have loved that, uh, but the weather gods turned the, the Southampton bowl into a, a soggy. Mm. Um, very New Zealandish um, kind of conditions where they were obviously helped, but but nonetheless, um, you know, lots to talk about, lots to. I mean, what the, it was a terrific performance. Uh, Virat Kohli said afterwards it should be a three-match series to decide. I don't know how he thinks that he's going to fit that in, but you know, I mean, as a, I think concentrate on there being two champions, the league champions, and the six-day one-off test champions. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I think the concept's brilliant, um, and I agree. I don't think I don't know how you can fit three games in. If you do go three match series, where do you do it? What do you do? Do you have three test matches at the same venue, or three test matches at different venues inside that country? A lot of talk about the weather. Should it have been in England? I think England's the best place to have it because you can, if you have a good surface, you could potentially have all comers involved in the game. And what I mean by that is. On a, on, a, on a nice, dry, sunny day, batsman, oh, cash in, thank you very much. You get overhead conditions come over on the same surface, it starts zipping about a bit and swinging. It's a different contest. Ball becomes, you know, a, a, you know the, the favour of, of, of them conditions. And I think as as the game goes on, and you're right, I think the spinners would have would have come into their own. Um, New, New Zealand didn't pick a spinner. They read the conditions right. India spinners weren't in the game because of how well New Zealand bowled. For me, right concept. For me, fantastic advert for Test match cricket. I thought Kian and, and Virat were brilliant as leaders. I thought both bowling attacks bowled very, very well. You could just see that India haven't been in the country long enough to acclimatise to the surface, the surroundings. Um, and if India had been here for six, eight weeks like New Zealand have, it might have been a fairer contest. It might have been a little bit more run scored or a fight put up a bit more from the from the, from the Indian batsman. But I think all in all, I think as World Test Match champions go, New Zealand deserve it, not just for what they did in Southampton, but what they did throughout the whole two-year two year cycle. I think they've, they've got the best bowling attack in the world. They've got one of the best captains in the world. And they've got a team togetherness that seems to be able to win from you know, the majority of situations where it's backs against the wall, grind it out, we'll see, get into day five and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have a good day and we'll come good and we'll win the test match. Or it's dominating from ball one and we'll make sure we, are, we, we, we grind you into the dirt and we, we blow you away at the end. I've been really impressed by the way New Zealand have played their cricket over the last two years, especially in red ball. Carl Jameson's played eight test matches. He's got 45 wickets at 14 and, uh, and, and, and 
300 runs at 42. So. Hmm. I mean, I didn't have him in my seen... side though. I didn't have him in my side manners. I picked his side before the game. I didn't have him in it. I didn't. I didn't see how he fitted in because of the loyalty that New Zealand show, the way they go about their cricket, the way they play their cricket. It was head to tails. Is it Jameson or is it Wagner? Wagner does a job for New Zealand. He does a job for the captain. They've got a. They've, they've got some, They've got a game plan with Wagner over the last two years. So I thought Wagner would have been the man that played. Jameson would have missed out for the spinner if it had been a little bit drier. So, but fair play to Kane and the New Zealand selection. Gone with five seamers. And uh, boy, did he pay off because he was brilliant. Have you seen enough of him to have a guess at, 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 at how good he actually is? I mean, I, I don't want to be unkind, but I, I don't think he's going to finish with a bowling average of 14 and a batting average of 42. No, I don't think he is. I think he, he, the, the, the other way of they'll get closer to, to, to reach each other's numbers. I think he could average late 20s. I think the, the big fella's got a game now. He's got defence. He can hit a big ball. He hits a long ball with them long weavers. Challenge for him. A lot of people are throwing these question marks and a challenge to him. He hasn't played in Asia yet. He hasn't played in the subcontinent yet. But let's wait and see what, what happens when he goes out there. If he goes out there with a the confidence that he's the way he's bowled at, at this minute in time, he'll, he'll, it'll stand him in good stead. The problem for, for, for Jemison, if he gets a, an injury, a big injury, you know, how he comes back from, from that. He's not express. He's not slow by any stretch of the imagination. And the height does cause a hell of a lot of problems. Um, but he's played on some flat wickets in New Zealand. So he knows how to bowl on flat, flat wickets. It's just whether he can, he can do it in the subcontinent. I think he can because the bounce he'll attract gets that little bit more bounce. Whether people start to bat against him a lot differently or what possibly could happen is because they haven't took him as serious as what, you know, the maybes have took Saudi and they've sort of, you know, gone under the radar a little bit. You know, when you go against New Zealand, you're looking and you're thinking, got Bolt, you've got Saudi, Wagner's going to bounce the, you know, the bounce you every sort of third or fourth ball. The, the people maybe just looked at Jameson and not took him as serious as what the other three the other three are. But boy, they'll be taking the guy seriously now, and they'll be standing up and watching. There'll be lots of videos of a big Kyle Jameson now than what there was before when he first came into the site. In New Zealand, are always going to have an advantage with only playing two Test series. They're going to be a, a really good chance. Um, to to make the World Test Championship final every two years if they keep playing two Test series because there's 120 points up for grabs. You play an Ashes series and, of course, there's only 20 points, um, uh, 25 points a a, a Test match, 20 points a Test match, whereas you get 60 if you're only playing two Test series. Tim Southey um, said after the Test Championship that he certainly and the rest of the New Zealand players would like to play more Test cricket. I guess playing more Test cricket as a as a whole would be would be nice. Um, I heard managed to jump on the back of that that call with Jugo, and uh, we don't play that many three three match series. Um, so, I guess uh, yeah, just being able to play I guess more more Test matches and and hopefully more Test matches, uh, more three match series rather than than uh, than two series. But um, but yeah, I think uh, it's it's tough with future tours, and I'd already sort of been into place up until up until now. But um, but yeah, I guess. Just been like being able to perform at this level for for a number of years and being a consistent side, I guess. Um, just hopefully have that right to to play more Test cricket. Tim Sardi saying what I think everybody feels now that uh, they'd like to see New Zealand playing more Test cricket. Why why is it, Harmy? Why I mean, 
New Zealand can be in control of their home summer and they're responsible for only scheduling two test series at home, but they only ever get invited to play two test series away. Yeah, and I, I think now they're going to be taking it a hell of a lot more seriously because they've got you know the championship, you know the, the World Test Championship near after New Zealand. Uh, I think you'll you'll see a lot more New Zealand playing in like South Africa in in especially over here. I think there's a lot of goodwill and love towards New Zealand cricket now, especially after what happened in the World Cup final, especially happened after what happened in Southampton last week. So I think you will see them play a lot more cricket. I think you, we have seen them prioritise one-day cricket, possibly from a financial point of view, that one-day cricket sells in New Zealand better than the the Red Bull game. And you go there with England and there's a lot of people go and watch because you know England do take and attract a lot of a lot of supporters. But when you watch Test match cricket, New Zealand against Pakistan, New Zealand against you know the West Indies, there's nobody there. There's nobody goes to watch. If that changes because of what's just happened, then that will be for the better for New Zealand cricket. But also gives them, will give them more chance of actually wanting to play more Test match, more Test matches. Now players, young players coming through, will want to play Test match cricket because that that seems to be. You know, when a team's doing well and when a team's winning, it tracks that form of the game that that your your, your influence has on on sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids coming out of school. The one thing I will say about the World Test Championship is it's all about where it's at and who hosts it and things like that. For me, the reward for winning it should be hosting it. So if you win it, then the the World Test Championship in twenty twenty three should be in New Zealand. For me, you get the you get you earn the right to win the World Test Championship. When you've won it, you then dictate the say to the ICC. Right, we are having it in our in our country. You work the Test Championship around it, and the final if the final's on this date, that's the the cut off point. These are the points. Two teams go and play in New Zealand, and we get the reward of the financial reward from that. And it goes and goes and goes with that cycle for me. That's the way I would do it. I'd love it in England every year because I think it's a great contest. But I think if you if you do the hard yards and you win it, I think you deserve to host it the next the next time round the final comes. One man who operates brilliantly behind the scenes, um, and he was a very fine bowler himself, Shane Jurgensen for Queensland. Um, he had injury problems early on in his uh, career and turned to coaching. He had briefly had a spell as head coach of Bangladesh. Uh, but he's been New Zealand's bowling coach now for, for seven or eight years and uh, really does a, a very fine job. Unsurprisingly, he said after the game that he believed that uh, Saudi Bolt, Jameson and Wagner was the best seam attack in the world. I think they are. And I think we can probably strongly say that now. It's, this hasn't been a fluke. Happening for a long time that, as I said, the belief um, in the bowling group, how they plan, how fit they are, uh, how strong they are and how much they believe in each other is, is a, the trust is amazing. Look, you've got four or five bowlers in that final that all do different things. And I think that's what's really great is Kyle's height and accuracy, be able to swing it both ways at good pace. Tim's accuracy, new ball, execution, unbelievable. Can adapt to use the crease over and around, left hand, right hand. Trent, we know Trent ability with the new ball, but he took with the old ball and he's been doing that for a while then you've got Neil who yeah we know that he makes people un- uncomfortable on the back foot and the front foot because of the, the lengths that he bowls but now he, he's getting guys out like Trent 
then obviously Collins, you know, 125 accurate, but it's, it's hard, he bowls harder than 125. So it's got to be up there, one that, you know, it's got to be the best for me. So, and they've proven it. New Zealand bowling coach Shane Jurgensen. Time now to look at uh, some of the other stories that have been catching the eye this week. And I mentioned Alex Hales, another T20 century. He's been in terrific form for knots. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, he's doing everything that he can do. I don't think that he could or should consider doing anything other than scoring runs. I don't think it'll help his his case. And I could be wrong here, and please correct me if you think I am, Harmy. But, you know, that there would be other players in his position who would who would feel the need to say something, you know, to call up their, their local friendly cricket reporter and... Um, mm you know, to, to put word out there that, uh, yeah, I'm still keen and whatever. I think he's best with his captain being Owen Morgan or the England captain being Hogan, Owen Morgan, probably keeping his mouth shut and letting his bat do the talking. Yeah, absolutely. He just needs to let his, his bat do the talking because I don't think there's any point putting that slam shut door straight in his mouth. I think he needs to to, to keep that closed. He, look, the door slammed shut for me. It, I don't think Alex Seals ever placed cricket for England again is it the right thing is it the wrong thing well who are we to argue with with what goes on inside the England captain's mind the captain the selectors I, I don't I just as much as I want to see Alex Hills you know showcasing his his skills because he's a he's a very talented boy goes in the top of the order I just don't see it happening I really don't and you know there, there will be people out there asking why and wondering why we'll never know we'll never know the true extent to what Alex Hills has done or in the captain's mind he can't overcome to let you know the Nottinghamshire opening batsman back into the England fold. Alex Hills can't do anything more from a run perspective, a run point of view. He goes everywhere around the world, he scores runs and he does it quickly. We, we know that, we know what he's about. Unfortunately, the people inside the England dressing room, the captain in his own mind, just seems to, that it's it's better for the England cricket team that Alex Hills is still with Knots and not in with the group. Is it the right thing? Is it the wrong thing? Well, we all have our opinions. Talent, never in question. The other side of it, I don't think we fully understand or we're ever going to fully understand what is in the mind of the England captain stopping that door from being firmly shut. I just don't see him coming back. It's a Peterson thing all over again. You know, you can make as much noise as you want want to do. I think it would be better if the ECB, like he did, like Andrew Sarandrew Strauss did with Kevin Peterson, just come out and say, look, we've moved on. Alex moves on. Owen Morgan moves on. The England cricket team moves on. And we don't talk about Alex Hills. We talk about Alex Hills as a former England cricketer and not a potential coming back into the fold. And Owen Morgan's a lock-in for the 2023 World Cup, Yeah. Yeah, for me, he, he stays. He, he's, 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 he's still going to be there for the 2023 World Cup. I'm not sure he would have carried on um, if he didn't feel as though, look, with his, his body could slow down, he could go out of form, he ages out, he's going to get closer to 40 than he is to sort of 35. I still think the leadership qualities that Owen Morgan possesses and the way he plays, I still think that far outweighs any other trying to bring somebody else in or seeing if they, if they can do a job. I think they might have one idea, one in the back of the mind on potentially who could replace him if Owen got an injury that was like career-threatening injury. But for me, if he still has the hunger and drive to lead 
why would you why would you why would you want to question Owen Morgan being the leader of the 2023 World Cup? Yeah, well, I wouldn't. Um, Mark Stoneman has joined Yorkshire on loan uh, for the blast. Durham going well in the in the North Group, and our very own dear Gareth Batty is uh, continues to lead Surrey. I was going to say leading from the front, but he's actually leading from from the rear because he's, he, uh, is, he's yeah. he, he doesn't seem to be bringing himself on till about the 14th over. Uh, but he's having a very good, very good season uh, with the ball, and Surrey in third place at the moment in uh, in the the, the the South Group. Uh, this was interesting. Owen Morgan, unprompted, mentioned Timel Mills. He was talking about the hundred, and he said, uh, "Yeah, bowler like Timel Mills could use the hundred to stake a claim for a place in the T20 World Cup." There are guys playing in the hundred that you know, like Timel Mills, who could easily present a case who is an outstanding bowler and we've always been in communication with him wanting him to get fit play as much cricket as possible and leave him alone until the world cup comes because playing for Sussex given the journey that he's been on on a regular basis is way better for him than trying to get fit for a sporadic T20 um, series throughout the year so I think he's a good example probably along with a few other guys that could present a really strong case throughout the 100 well, as I said, Harmy, unprompted, he mentioned uh, Time All Mills. Where on earth is he going to fit in? Yeah, he's somebody who could potentially give England a different different option for their for their bowling attack. They've gone for Garton and ODI's toply done well in white ball cricket, so they like the left arm angle. I just don't see where he fits in, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Mills, he had a good game during the week. He had three for 20 off four overs, bowling fast against Gloucester. But you've got Wood, got Archer. Maybe they're just trying to have a look and keep him on his toes just in case one of them gets injured. But Wood, Archer, Sam Curran, Chris Wokes, they're probably the ones, Tom Curran, IPL uh, experience. I think they will be the, the, the five, uh, five seam bowlers that goes into that group. Potentially Topley, you've got Stokes, you've got the two spin bowlers. I think that would be roughly England's England's group. I just don't see where England can fit another player into the 15 because it's going to be hard enough now because they've still got um, a load of options who are actually playing very, very good cricket. They could leave they could leave a whole very, very good, very, very good side out of the 15-man squad that's going to go to the World, uh, the World T20. Uh, in other news, um, confirmation that uh, the T20 World Cup has now, as you said, uh, definitely been moved to the UAE. Some talk that they might not be able to use just two venues. Um, I mean, I was told unofficially by an ICC spokesman that uh, they, they need three venues. And there was talk about using, oh, was it Oman? Um, Oman. Just Oman, yeah. They've got a good uh, cricket stadium there. Um, and also, uh, Darren Stevens. Um, we we heard a month ago that Kent were going to offer him an extension, and they have, and he signed it now. He signed his uh, one-year deal, which uh, takes him into his forty-seventh year. Yes, it's a congratulations to Steve, a good friend to ours on the collective, and he's he's getting closer to fifty. He's getting closer to fifty. Um, it'll be great to see. We, oh, hopefully, manners. This time next year, we're talking about him having another good year and whether he carries on or, or he finally retires. He's been a brilliant servant to the game, brilliant servant to Kent. Um, and what he's done this year, he deserves, he deserves another contract. 
Thanks once again, Harmi. Um, you've been listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week for a review of the ODI series. But for now, thank you once again for listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.